Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today we are talking about Back to Black by Amy Winehouse, released in 2006 under Island Records. And my guest is Farah. Hey! Farah, welcome back to the pod. Thanks for having me. That is so a sentence. Excited. That is a <laughs> sentence I have now said three times because you are the fourth, first, fourth time guest. I am? You were also wow. the first... No, you were not the first third time guest. No, I wasn't. I think that was Natalie. I think it was Tiff. It was a Tiff. We have a big pod Beyonce, family now. Beyonce, was that? Yeah. That was, I think that was Beyonce. She might have, no, Killers. Oh yeah, that was a good one. I, I like how we're reminiscing all, all my I was, own episodes. <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone, well, no, no one would have read this text, but I texted Kiara because I listened to pretty much all her episodes now. And I was like, I just feel like I have these new pod friends when I listen to your podcast. You're but part of the pod squad. I'm part of, that is a this great is thing to say, squad. the pod squad. We should get shirts. I would pins, love to get merch. swag. I would love to get merch. Um, I'm so happy. No? Okay. <laughs> Farah. We're happy here. <laughs> I am so happy to have you back. And you know, when you first started coming on the pod, you did R&B records. Yeah. The last time you came with us, you did a rock record. And now we're now we're completely outside the box. We're doing jazz today. Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if I remember correctly, you have a certain photo. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I do. Next to an Amy Winehouse shrine. How did that come about? What's that story? Um, I was in San Francisco with my family. I was 16. I guess you know, San Francisco being so like alternative with their music style. They had this cute little shrine for her and they had um, newspaper clippings that they had printed and then they like put it up and they had flowers there. And so I like took a picture next to it because I was a huge fan. Yeah, I love that. So Farah, since you're an expert on being on the pod, I mean, mm -hmm. we don't really have to do anything off the top. I think we should honestly just get right into a little bit uh, history on Amy Winehouse. What do you say? Let's do it. Amy Winehouse, who is she? She is an R&B, blues, and jazz vocalist and songwriter from North London, UK. She started writing her own songs at the age of 15, and she was signed to Simon Fuller's uh, management team in 2002. And Simon Fuller, some of you might remember, he was the man behind American Idol, X Factor, So You Think You Can Dance. Not Simon Cowell? No, he was a producer as well, but Simon Fuller was like the executive producer, I oh. think. He was like the creator, like the man behind the madness okay. type deal. Okay. So she was signed to his management team, uh, and her first record was called Frank, and it was released in 2003. Great Singles album. here, such great album. Oh. Singles here were Stronger Than Me, Take the Box, In My Bed, Slash You Send Me Flying, and Fuck Me Pump, Slash Help Yourself. Her second mm. album, the album we're talking about mm -hmm. today, is called Back to Black, and that's what really brought her international fame and success. It went straight to number one in the UK. Came in at number seven on the Billboard 200 chart in the U.S. and was the top-selling album in the U.K. of 2007, selling almost two million records. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! Wild. Yeah. Girl was famous, and five massive singles accompanied that album. Rehab, probably one of her most well-known songs. Yeah, you know I'm no good. Back to black. Tears dry on their own, and love is a losing game. I freaking love that song. Even saying it hurts my heart. Oh my god, yes! Hit up, hit him with the heavy stuff. This song slaps. It slaps. <laughs> It's a but lot in a of songs slap. Yeah, a lot of these songs really slapped. <laughs> and it was a highly successful album for her. It won her four Grammys: Record of the Year, Song of the Year, Best Female Pop Vocal Performance, and Best Pop Vocal Album. Throughout all the success, though, it was no secret that Amy was struggling with her own demons, including addictions to drugs and alcohol. And because of this, her public image really started to suffer. Newsweek called her a perfect storm of sex kitten, raw talent, and poor impulse control. Oh dear. <laughs> Which I'm like. 
if you looked back on some of the tabloids at that time you did kind of get that vibe like yeah. she was out and i remember seeing photos of her like like not wearing shoes like walking down london mm-hmm. streets with like a cigarette and like a bottle in her hand you know what i mean like yeah. she didn't really uh handle i think all the attention and the fame very mm-hmm. well and obviously at the time she was struggling with addiction so that's yeah. going to obviously emphasize everything and heartbreak and heartbreak yeah. absolutely let's not forget that yeah um but it also started to affect her reputation as an artist yeah. uh, she would be out performing and she would end in the middle of songs she would apologize to the crowd for being bored and she often came across tipsy in 2008 so the grammys where she actually won all these uh, awards she wasn't actually able to go to la because she failed the drug test oh my so she- oh was that when she accepted the award on video or something yes. yeah 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 I because remember. she wasn't able to fly there oh my god um so she was a little bit she was going through a time she was going through a time yeah in june 2008 she was hospitalized for emphysema apparently her lungs were at 70 percent capacity of oh my god normal at that yep. age at that age because she was what 26 27 at yeah. that time she's part of the 27 club it's insane it's honestly insane but yeah also people like um uh kurt cobain and uh there's another person they talked about in the documentary there's a great documentary if anybody uh, hasn't seen it yet called 27 gone too soon he was a guitarist um jimmy hendrix isn't he part was of the 27, 27 club too? yeah i think so oh yeah okay i did not realize jimmy hendrix was also 27 when um, he is there anyone else on that yes there from is this? we'll come back we'll come back and we'll, we'll, we'll fact figure check <laughs> we'll fact check I'm gonna fact check that, um yeah. but anyway so but before amy passed away obviously she was hospitalized she continued to receive outpatient treatment she was in and out of the hospital constantly but amid all this she was working with mark ronson on new material you guys might know mark ronson he was okay. the man behind uptown funk mm-hmm. um he's got a song um he's got a song with king princess he's got a song with miley cyrus mm-hmm. he's the man behind valerie with amy winehouse mm-hmm. unfortunately in july 2011 amy was found dead in her camden home at the age of 27 as we talked about yeah what i did find was kind of triumphant from all of this was that they released her her final studio album which was called lioness hidden treasures yeah released it posthumously after she had passed away and the proceeds from the album actually went to the amy winehouse foundation which was started by her family after Mm -hmm. her death so obviously a very explosive career um in the sense where you know she like she kind of achieved fame so quickly yeah um, and it all happened to her all at once. And she was going through, she was suffering from addiction. She was also going through a breakup and, you know, she had uh, Blake Fielder Civil, who was her on again, off again, boyfriend, yeah. husband, like that was a toxic relationship. She had all of these things happening. And then to see a talent like hers gone so soon, so soon, like I'm, I, you know, here we are nine years later after she's passed away and We're listening to this album, about it. Yeah. still talking about it, listening to this album and just like appreciating how beautiful it was and how mm-hmm. great of a vocalist she was and how great of a songwriter yeah i think something that also they talked about in the documentary amy was um she was the best when she was not big and it was because she was in you know the small jazz clubs and you know if you really listen to live jazz music no two songs are the same no two times you sing the same song are the same because you have the jazz riffs and all of that and she you know was so good at that right and then all of a sudden you have her in concert and people are expecting something exactly like the recording. And I think that was what they touched on. And they were like, you're not going to get that because Amy was best when she was in a small jazz club setting and like 
improvising and doing her thing. So I just think it's really sad that like all of a sudden she became, you know, this huge artist and her album was like for the masses, but it was never created for the masses. You know, not everyone was able to appreciate the art or I guess the artistic um, components that she put in into her singing and into her songwriting and stuff like that. Not saying that everyone was like that, but I mean, it's, it's just really sad that her fame as well as her relationship. But I think it was a lot of it was the fame that really was her downfall. Yeah, absolutely. And again, she wasn't the first person because people like Jimi Hendrix, people Mm -hmm. like Kurt Cobain suffered the same fate that Mm -hmm. she did. Even, you know, more more recently, somebody like Mac Miller. When you look back at it, out of all the artists that we've done so far, out of all the bands that we've done so far, this was the toughest one for me to kind of um, get behind because even though like we've done, you know, Beatles records and, you know, half the Beatles band is no longer with us, yeah. but with her, it's kind of like, I, I, I struggle because I'm like, she had so much potential yeah, and yeah. I thought she was so talented and like so underappreciated and yeah. is remembered more for being part of the 27 club and, and for being this kind of erratic public figure yeah. rather than the beautiful voice she had and her songwriting ability. And mm-hmm. that, that I really struggle with. So even when I was researching and and coming up with you know what I was going to talk about with her backstory today it really like bummed me out yeah I was like man I wish I I wish I could see what she was doing like the stuff she was working on with Mark Ronson the covers she was working on she was uh recording with Tony Bennett like oh that was such a good album yeah she was stoked to do that album yeah like in the documentary she's like I'm doing an album with Tony fucking Bennett and like her like British accent that was a terrible British accent I'm sorry it was close um it was close but like I think it's so great that she at least got to do that for sure absolutely and i'm happy that we have this album mm-hmm. to look back on her career with because it's an amazing album and i'm so excited to talk to you about it today. me too yes let's get into it let's get into it before we do that though farah let's talk about what do we have drinks. to do we gotta talk about the drinks yes the drinks that we're drinking today folks these are black russians you thought it would be wine but we're not that obvious, baby. We had to go. Exactly. We had to go a little deeper. You know, a, a better or a lesser podcaster might have gone with wine. Yeah. A better podcaster would have found something more creative. Exactly. But I'm maintaining a healthy middle. <laughs> Just mediocre. Mediocre. Back to black. What's easy? Black Russian. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. If you would like to make a black Russian at home for yourself, you only need two things. You need Kahlua and you need vodka. And it is one part's one part Kahlua and it's two parts I can't even say it two Two parts parts vodka vodka. and then throw in some ice and you're good yeah it's actually quite tasty and I don't even drink coffee that much yeah and I feel like you and I might be bouncing off the walls in about an hour but it's fine we'll handle that when it comes (laughs) (laughs) we'll handle that when it comes all right Farah so can you tell me a little bit about how you started listening to Amy Winehouse Mm -hmm. and then what your experience what your relationship is with the back to black album yeah i don't remember when this album came out but 2006 okay so we were 12 we were 12 but i've been listening to this album for a really long time and i think this is one of the albums that really helped shape my music taste because it was so different and so out there and you know everyone was listening to rehab right and that song eventually got overplayed it was kind of annoying um but then when i started to listen to the other songs on the album i started to have this appreciation for jazz music um and i mean she does throw in a little bit of like motown flavors in there as well which was something that i always liked to listen to even as a young kid because of my parents but overall first impressions was that um she had this very distinct style and it's not uncommon if you really think about it because she just 
picks up so much from, you know, the R&B and the Motown and the big band stuff and the jazz blues. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, at the time when we were obviously listening to a lot of Usher and stuff like that. And My Chemical Romance. Yeah, My Chemical Romance, Britney Spears, whatever. This was just so different. And um, I think this has always been one of my top, top albums of all time because it was something that meant so much to me even later in life as I was going into my teenage years and my adulthood and starting to discover, you know, the dating scene and how I felt about being broken up with, you know, a lot of the stuff that Amy sings about, which we'll get into, resonated a lot with me in those times. Absolutely. So like you, I mean, Rehab is probably the one that jumps to mind. Like when yeah. I think Amy Winehouse, Amy Winehouse, sorry, I do think Rehab first. Yeah. And that was the video. Like I saw the video on Much Music and yeah. I was like, who is this girl? Because I hadn't heard her Frank album from 2003. Like yeah. I, I didn't know any of those songs. Like this was her big breakout tune, right? Mm-hmm. We hear a lot about one hit wonders and maybe some people thought she would be a one hit wonder, but I'm like, she had talent. Yeah. Talent, capital T, like, man, like, and and she was so well-respected within the music community. And then I also remember watching the Grammys and, like you said, seeing her accept that award from London from the video. Yeah. And her just, like, winning record of the year. And Tony Bennett actually... Oh, my gosh. Um awarded that awarded to her that to, oh my god that was so you, meaningful you can watch it guys if you if you go on youtube and you search amy winehouse record of the year you can watch that video clip and she's just floored yeah she's like staring off into space like doesn't know what hit her yeah because yeah. i think she was just so like like you said she came from small jazz clubs and that's kind of like where she lived and this yeah. whole big scene and the grammys and the emas like that's a big shift mm-hmm. when you're playing for 20 people when you're playing for twenty thousand people yeah. you know what i mean stepping away maybe from the music for a little bit just to talk about like her as a person i think when i was younger i didn't really understand how troubled she was because yeah. all i saw was the tabloid version of amy yeah so i remember like you know picking up people magazine or like us weekly which is like absolute trash like trash 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 but seeing these photos like i talked about earlier and like being like man amy winehouse is kind of weird or like you know she's just a drunk or something like that like i didn't understand the depth of her addiction and the depth of her trouble yeah so now in listening to this album again and going back and watching these videos i'm like man like that's why she was so gobsmacked. Like Mm -hmm. this was a triumphant moment for her because like, she's someone who's going through all of this shit Yeah, and for her to come out of it and win record of the year, like that deserves all the applause and the accolades. Right. So I think in listening to it now and prepping for this episode, I've definitely like taken a new Mm -hmm. spin on, on how I think about Amy. I think it's also because you said you read the book or her mom's book. Her mom's yeah. book, yeah. And I've um, watched the documentary and it kind of shines a light on her life um, and her addiction. And yeah, like you said, like the tabloids are terrible. Also, the British tabloids are the worst of the worst. Oh my God, National Enquirer. The National Enquirer. I mean, like you take a look at how they cover Meghan Markle and Harry. Like it's just awful. Yeah. But, um, you know, they, they really ridicule it. And I think that was just... It's even kind of apparent, you know, the fact that her song Rehab became so big. It was like people trivializing and sensationalizing going to rehab. rehab. And it was like, this isn't a glamorous thing. This is obviously very dark. And I think now uh, we're starting to really pay attention to that and talk about it in you know, a different light. I, I don't know about the book, but the documentary did a really good job of talking about how she was going through addiction and how it didn't help that once she met her husband, boyfriend or whatever, other mm-hmm. things, you know, sort of happened. Um, Cause he had his own demons. He did. And she, I think tried to support him 
yeah. as best she could, yeah. even trying to battle with her own. Yeah, exactly. So it was just, you know, not a good combination. Do you think like if a song like Rehab or if an artist like Amy was coming out now, yeah, it would just be interesting like how the millennial would. Yeah. How the millennial would maybe perceive her versus mm-hmm. how we did when we were 12. Yeah. Knowing yeah. what we know and, and living a little bit more and being a little bit older, mm-hmm. I think we would have a newfound appreciation for Amy. And I think everyone should mm-hmm. be open-minded about her too, because even if you don't like jazz, yeah. you know, jazz isn't your thing. I think you can, and jazz isn't my thing. Like I'm yeah. not a big jazz person, but I, I still respect her as an artist for what she was able to create with this album, especially. Yeah. And man, she had swagger. She did. She really she did. had such <laughs> swagger, easily one of the most recognizable looks. She had a very recognizable voice. Voice, everything. Like I, I wore my big eyeliner wings yeah, today in yeah. tribute to, to Amy because, like, and you said you were going to do the beehive, but I maybe know, next time. Maybe next time. I also don't have the hair for the beehive. My hair is so thin. You could do it. <laughs> you could pull it off, Farah. I believe in you. But she also had that. You know, the way she dressed was very like 1950s. Yeah, she was like doo wop yes creams like yeah. she was like everything rolled into one package and so i would i would encourage anybody who's maybe looking for something new to kind of dive into or if you want to change up your music taste a little yeah. bit try amy winehouse yeah see what you think for real i think you'd be surprised yes i i totally agree i can't wait to talk to you about some of the songs in this album because there are many that i want to talk about that i really love oh my gosh what is um what's the first one you want to talk about today a song that you love Okay, I'm going to hit it with a very sad song. Um, Love is a Losing Game. Oh, I love that one too, but it's so sad. I know. I wanted to get the sad one out of the way first. I don't know. Maybe we'll start crying afterwards, but like, that's fine. I freaking love this song. I cry most of the time. Yeah. Love is a Losing Game. Why do you love this song? Um, I think that the lyricism, is that a word? The lyrics are so good. She is just so good at writing songs she um, is it, you know even when you listen to it the chord in the beginning i know do i know my theory still i don't know it sounds like a minor chord I music theorists are gonna be like fair what the hell i'll have you know i don't think <laughs> i don't think there's any music theorists out of my <laughs> listeners i think we're fine i did my rcm exams a long time ago okay yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, girl. yeah so um piano anyway, did you play piano no, i played violin you did. did. Uh, now you know a new fun fact whoa, about me. Yeah. That's a fun fact. I know. Yeah. Well, anyway, besides being a nerd and playing the violin, yeah, the, the first chord is a minor chord and it already alludes to, you know, oh, this is going to be a sad song then it kind of goes into, you know, the ballad part. What does she sing in the beginning? Um, for, for you, I was a flame. Yeah. Love is a losing game. And then beautiful. she's like, oh, thank you. That was not beautiful. <laughs> but like the fact that she starts off with, for you, I was a flame. She's like, for you, I was literally nothing. Yeah. And like, I was in love with you. And like, I think that slapped real hard because, you know, at the <laughs> time, slapped real hard. Because <laughs> at the time when I was dating this person in high school, yeah, it was high school. But hey, um, <laughs> don't discount that high school relationships are some of the toughest ones. I think so, because I think, um, you know, your confidence is not really there. You're putting yourself out there for the first time. And I didn't really know Amy Winehouse's dating history in its entirety, but it resonated a lot with me. Um, the fact that, you know, you're so low and you feel so defeated because you put yourself out there. You really love that person wholeheartedly and they don't love you back <laughs> it's like defeat you put so much effort into something and you know you're normally taught when you put effort into something it's a positive result but with relationships and stuff like that it never normally 
not, I shouldn't say normally, it should hopefully get somewhere and be successful. But when you're so young, it sometimes doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. In this song, definitely, she's very lost and very hurt. And I really yep. feel for her in this song. As part of the chorus, it's uh, like, love is a losing game, one yeah. I wish I never played. Like, she's over it. And she's kind of like jaded because she's like, well, what's what's the point? Like, yeah. love is a losing game. Like, why even go to bat if I know I'm going to strike out? Yeah. Sports reference. Yes. That just came to me. That was great. And I don't even play baseball. Yay, sports. Yay, sports. <laughs> um, and the poetry, like, I'm glad you brought up the lyricism yeah. because the poetry of these lyrics is so powerful. She says, um, played out by the band. Yep. Love is a losing hand. More than I could stand, love is a losing hand. Yeah. Self-professed, profound, till the chips were down. I know you're a gambling man. Love is a losing hand. Yeah. Like, it's just, I got chills just yeah. reading that out because that this is the side of Amy that, like, and this was a single. This was released, like, this, maybe it wasn't on the radio, but I remember seeing the video. It's a black and white video done yeah. for it. But this is the side that people didn't see, the heartbroken side and, mm-hmm. and the vulnerable side of her. You know, mm-hmm. they only really saw the rehab side, and that's a real bummer for me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And just the fact that she has that metaphor with love being like poker, right? And you're gambling and you're losing, right? Is is really powerful because I think that's really relatable to a lot of people, um, especially when in poker, sometimes the stakes are really high. Yeah. Um, other thing about the lyricism that I did want to bring up with the alliteration where she goes, fake facade or memories mar my mind. Yes. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so a lot of tears. Yeah. A lot of crying. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Again, she was very smart in her songwriting I think she was very brilliant yeah and smart and um I just said smart twice but I she was yeah she was smart she was not a stupid girl like she knew what she was writing and she wrote a lot with intention and she wrote about what hurt and that takes a lot of courage it does and I think I remember Adele saying that Adele was very inspired by Amy and if you watch um Adele played Royal Albert Hall I have the DVD of Adele playing Royal Albert Hall and in that she has a moment for Amy Winehouse because she was such an inspiration for her and she has everyone you know hold up a lighter or camera phone whatever it is and she sings um Uh, I think it's make you feel my love for Amy. And she's like, I'm doing this for her. Like she, she had so much influence on people that I don't even think some would realize. Like this song, I think proves more so than almost any other song on the album, like how troubled everything was, but also just, you know, at the end of the day, we're human and we want to be loved. And sometimes it fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I know it does. And also like apparently the Brits just love singing about heartbreak and they do a really great fucking job of it. Cause Adele, I mean, people would joke about it, right? They're like, God, you know, Adele's in a healthy relationship. She has a kid now. We won't be hearing an album anytime soon. She just got divorced. I know. And now we're like, well, great. Hopefully another Adele album. She's like an album's coming out, but now people are giving her shit because she lost weight. I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's not like that's going to change how she sings. And also fuck you. Yeah. But also like, it's just sad that, well, I don't know maybe research will show this but like maybe we do our best work when we're inspired by our emotions and feeling sad and feeling heartbroken is a very strong emotion very true yeah that is very true beautiful song absolutely great way to start things off I think it shows again just how brilliant of a songwriter she was so thank you for starting us off on a I was gonna say on a high note but it's kind of a low note but in a good way (laughs) okay let's go to you and your fave I will kind of start us off on a little bit of a high note actually um the first song I want to talk about is one of the more triumphant songs on the album. Okay. And that is Tears Dry on Their Own, ah. which is my favorite Amy Winehouse song. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and it's funny because the first thing I wrote in my notes was the mm-hmm. juxtaposition of this from Love is a Losing Game is very smart because yes. 
you hear love is a losing game in the album yeah this comes right after it and after a breakup you kind of go through these like really insane mm-hmm. highs and lows because there's like that part of you that's like I want to move on and like, I'm a badass bitch and like, I'm not going to let this stop me and like tears dry on their own. Like, Mm -hmm. bye bye, like Mm -hmm. moving on. But then you have these moments like love is losing game where you're just so sad and so defeated and you have to let yourself feel of those things. So I thought that was very smart that she put the two of them back to back. Yeah. The subject matter is still sad. Like she's still, it's a very upbeat tune. It's very jazzy, but she's still saying like, I cry by myself. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Tears dry on their own (laughs) is essentially like my tears will dry once I start shedding them. Yeah. Or once I stop shedding them. Sorry. I I called out a couple of lyrics here because she really tells a story she says i don't know why i got so attached it's my responsibility so she's taking ownership for her relationship with whoever this person was yeah and then she says like i don't understand why do i stress the man like when yeah. there's so many big things at hand i can't go as low yeah. as she can, <laughs> but she like it's like she's almost like calling herself out she was like yeah. why she's like why the fuck am i stressing this guy out like maybe he's not even worth my time yeah like, bigger picture there's life going on like maybe i shouldn't be worried about this like mm-hmm. you know man who's in my life or whatever and then there's a part where she says um uh i think it's like in the second verse where she says like so this is a inevitable withdrawal and i just think that the way like the syncopation the way she says that part is great with her accent this is her moving on song she's like there'll be another woman soon yeah and i was like damn amy like yeah Yeah. she gets it like she she went through love is a losing game she knows shit is tough and it's over but she's like no i'm like fuck this guy like i'm moving on tears dry on their own excuse me i'm gonna figure this out and i gotta put amy first i gotta put myself first yeah it's it's interesting that she sings about that because i think we all kind of go through that in our head and you'd consciously know that you know maybe this person like i'm glad that you brought up the lyrics in the beginning there because like she says and you don't know nothing to me but to walk away i have no capacity like she knows that this isn't a healthy situation she's still like addicted to this person and she says i i try to be my own best friend or whatever in the song um but you know that's still not stopping her from feeling this way and knowing that she has this bad habit she says here for falling for men um or she's fucks herself in the head with stupid men yeah. right but then it's like oh but you know i know i'm gonna make this mistake again be my own best friend yeah. and fuck myself in the head with, with stupid, stupid men, men. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. good yeah so good this is like a good i, I like this song when i'm driving like mm-hmm. i will sing this song out loud when i've been driving or even if i'm like walking to go do grocery shopping or like whatever mm-hmm. i'm like yeah because in the video too i think she's walking through the streets yeah as she's singing it and i always i always think of that she's wearing this kind of like blue kind of powder blue like dress she's got her beehive she's got her wings and she's just like it it, for me it's kind of like strong amy strong amy walking away from people like blake like walking away from people and even though it's tough she's gonna get through it god bless amy what's another one you love farah wake up alone Mm. it's my all-time fave I put on here my all-time fave <laughs> I said this one was the most beautifully written out of all the songs yeah so yeah. good okay you, tell me why you like it I love this one too but tell me why you like it yeah so it, the beginning is sad I, I have here it's just like an old school ballad it makes you think about darkness and drinking it takes you back to like a different time like the 1950s or whatever and I think that Amy it felt like Amy was kind of born in the wrong era because she dressed that way I mean she drank like that and and then you know she opens up with like it's okay in the day and then she's like I'm staying busy and then it's like so sad the way she sings it and I'm like I know I'm trying to go to work and I'm someone that's just love me and I'm trying to be normal and I can't you're trying to like live (laughs) life but you're like I can't yeah. I can't do it. And I think like when she sings about, you know, I'm staying busy, she's trying to, you know, do normal people things. And then, 
you know, she starts singing about how at night those feelings come back and then she's by herself. And that's when the demons start to get her. And then she wakes up in the morning and she wakes up alone. And that's when it really hits her. And I was Mm -hmm. like, those moments when you're at home by yourself and when you wake up by yourself, that's the worst. Absolutely the worst. Mm -hmm. I 100% agree with you. Like, and so the, the one line that really resonated with me, which you kind of already alluded to was like, um, she says, I stay up late, clean the house. At least I'm not drinking run around. So I don't have to think about thinking. Oh my God. That slaps. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that over and over again, but continue. No shit. So having gone through a breakup myself very recently, that was the line where I heard it and I was like a mess because I'm like, this is me. I'm thinking about thinking. I'm literally about like, but I'm person. like, if I, yeah. if I, if I clean, like I, after my breakup, like the, the immediate 24, 48 hours following my breakup, like I did, I cleaned every inch of my apartment. Yeah. Like I went in with the Lysol and with the Swiffer and yeah. like I was cleaning cores, corners of the apartment. I didn't even know I fucking had. Yeah. Like I was just <laughs> trying to keep myself busy, like yeah. windexing my shelf, <laughs> which like I haven't sparkling. windexed since I moved in. No, but like literally like, why did I do that? But it was yeah. because i wanted to distract myself from what was going on you're just looking for any kind of distraction and sometimes like work doesn't offer you the same distraction that you'd like sometimes you have to be in control of what that distraction is yeah this chorus is so expertly written he gets fierce in my dreams seizing my guts he floors me with dread soaked to soul he swims in my eyes by the bed pour myself over him moon spilling in and i wake up alone yeah and even the way she sings it it's like so sad like when she kind of riffs on spilling in yeah and i wake up alone so sad (laughs) she's just so it's just so like matter of fact she's like and i wake up alone yeah so good so good so sad but so good all right kiki what's one that you like oh boy that's the first (laughs) time that's been mentioned on the podcast me and my Drake references. I keep it fresh (laughs) with the Drake references you mean the reference is like a year old yeah keeping it real fresh I know I'm so relevant. All so right. relevant. I All love right. you. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> I love you. Don't ever change. Wait, what was that uh, Lizzie McGuire reference? It's um, you Which rock. One? Don't ever change. Isn't that from Lizzie McGuire? I thought that was just a general thing people said in oh. yearbooks. You rock. Don't ever change. Oh, maybe. Hags, was that actually have from? a good summer? I don't know. Hags have a good summer. Hags. Okay, I did not know that. Okay, okay. Sorry, I got sidetracked. <laughs> to continue. <laughs> What's your favorite other favorite on here? So the next one I want to talk about was Back to Black. Ooh, yes. First of all, I got to ask you. Yeah. How do you feel about the Beyonce Andre 3000 version of this? No. No way. You're not. No. You're against it. You know what? From like, the Great Gatsby soundtrack. <sighs> Which was the best soundtrack for the worst movie. <laughs> I know. The XX was on there. And yes. I love that Florence song. Florence and the Machine. Was Lana Del Rey on there? Yes. Yeah. When I'm young and beautiful or whatever. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Great soundtrack. Horrible movie. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. What were you thinking? I know. Tobey Maguire. I barely remember that movie because I just remember it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. I saw that movie in mm-hmm. 3D. You did. I don't know why there is no 3D in Like it. what 3D was there besides None. the green light? That was just it. It was just the green light. <laughs> oh and I God. think there's a part where gatsby leo dicaprio mm-hmm. reaches his hand out 
Yeah. And I think his hand comes out a little bit. Oh, you're like, is Whoa. that the, the part where he, you know. The cheers? The cheers. Maybe. The infamous, yes. That, that the cheers. It could be. Yeah. I don't know why I saw it in 3D. I don't mm-hmm. know why I paid to go see that in theaters. But I mean, we didn't also didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. We thought it was going to be a good movie. No, because the soundtrack came out first. Yes. And it had Beyonce, Andre, Lana, Florence, the yeah. XX, like Jay-Z, Jack White. Like it was a loaded soundtrack. It and was, I was like, like weird, but good. But I was like, this is going to be... Fergie was on there. Uh, Little Party doesn't... Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a great song. Amazing. Amazing soundtrack. I cannot say better things about the soundtrack, but like the movie was awful. So the version of this, I agree with you where I'm like, I listened to the Amy version of Back to Black and then I listened to the Beyonce and Andre 3000 version. And as much as I love Queen Bee, I'm like, dude, I can't. Yeah, I... You know why? It's because when you listen to the original song and the way that Amy sings it, and Beyonce has a very different style. It just doesn't translate over as well. Not saying that it's wrong or anything, because I love Beyonce. But yeah, that song it just did doesn't not jive. That, don- that song did not. That don- <laughs> that's does- long. Songs. <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> that song did not slap for song me. Song did not slap. That song did not slap for me. <laughs> Again, so yeah, not a big fan of the Beyonce and Under Three Thousand cover, but the original one, I think it's amazing. The what I get from this song is this black state yes is like the depressing yeah low point so mm-hmm. she's basically like if you leave me like i'm done i'm going back to black like i'm gonna be in this low point and i'm gonna be hating myself and i'm gonna be doing all mm-hmm. these shitty things i think that's very again vulnerable of her mm-hmm. to admit that like a lot of her happiness relies on this one person because mm-hmm. a lot of times i don't think we realize the amount of happiness that we might tie to a person yeah when it comes to the idea of closure she's yeah. there's a line where she says we only said goodbye with words and i found that one really interesting because yeah sometimes like y- you can be with a person mm-hmm. you can break up you you can have the agreement that like okay we're no longer gonna see each other but like it's not until you have that like final cut yeah. moment where yeah. you feel like things are truly over for me it didn't even feel like it was really over until i like deleted the phone number even in in this song and in other songs too she kind of sings about how she's still obsessing like obsessing over this person and she's sad and you know she's in this dark place and um she's not ready to say goodbye essentially mm-hmm. and i think she's also looking to give them a reason to stay by being yeah. like, if you leave me, like it's all over. Yeah. Also, you know, resonates with a lot of people where sometimes you're almost looking for reasons to be like, please don't make this my reality. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. if I tell them, maybe if I tell them how hard this is going to be for me, then maybe they'll stick around. And I think it's also reflective of her addictive personality, right? With her drug addiction and her alcoholism, you know, this was something that she was clinging on to and she couldn't get it. And, you know, all of a sudden it was like, my life is over. Yeah. Yeah. Back to black. Uh, what's another one you love, Farah? It's your turn. Um, when will we get the time to, to be, be just, just friends? friends. <laughs> love this one, too. Why do you like it? Okay, so it has a good reggae-ish feel to the song. Yeah. Kind of like what you were saying about My Tears Dry on Their Own. It's kind of got this, like, upbeat, like, horn, and, you're, you know, it's got a good vibe, but then it's like, but we can't be friends because we're just going to end up fucking. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, I'll never love you like her is the lyrics, and she's admitting defeat, right, that she's not the main woman. I've, I've never really been in that situation. I have been in a situation where a guy left me for somebody else, which was really shitty. You know, it was really heartbreaking because I was, like, at such a young age thinking, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Like, what is wrong with... Was it the way I acted or the way I look? And I mean, now 
later on in life. And I'm sad that Amy never really got to get to this point in her life where she was looking back and saying, I made a stupid mistake and that's okay. Like I had to learn from it. And I know that I am good because I am pretty, I am smart, I am capable. And for Amy, it's, you know, I'm talented. I can sing. I've done this awesome like album with Tony Bennett. I've won Grammys and EMAs and whatever. I guess that's why this album really hit hard for me because Amy was also this non-confident person obsessing over someone who didn't love her back. It sounds like it's, this song resonates with you. Yeah. Greatly, Farah. When you when you ended things with this man person. Boy. Boy. He was a boy. This man boy. When you ended things with this boy, did you propose being friends yeah I did and I still remember um you know Facebook messaging and I had his number yeah I I had his number I didn't delete his number I I did kind of reach out to him and ask him how he was doing and he was in university and you know you're constantly like hey like let's hang out blah 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 like let's just try to make this work and not make it awkward because you know it was kind of my first relationship too like you just didn't want to like let it go like you had memories together without really fully understanding that you know there needs to be that barrier that healthy barrier um he just kind of like wouldn't respond and i think it's like the ghosting like it's so common yeah. now but being ghosted but, back, but in, hey and you were 16 so yeah. in you know 2010 ghosting was not as much of a thing because that no. was kind of before the tinder and the bumble and the hinge so like yeah that was that was hard to be ghosted yeah so we never had the time to be just, just friends <laughs> This begs the question for me, Farrah. So my mm-hmm. big thing with this song is if you've been with somebody yeah. romantically, yeah. can you be friends after things go south? It sort of depends on the context. Because, for example, um, my first first boyfriend, we dated for like a year and a bit. But we're still friends, I guess, because we had that time. Like I also switched schools. So we, we had that time apart. And then we eventually like grew together as friends. We still talk to this day. Like we know that there's like a line that we're not going to cross because we've already we've already dated we've done it we know it's not going to work and we so were you very young friends. yeah adult life though a little tough i have always subscribed to the notion that you cannot be friends yeah so long as there is still feelings from one party i agree yeah if there's feelings from one of those two people in the relationship you cannot be friends. Yeah. I don't think ever. That's true. Yeah. Um, That's always kind of like what I believed in. That was kind of like what I was thinking about as I was listening to this song is like, even though Amy might not have explicitly been like, I still love you or I'm still in love with you. Like she obviously still was wondering like, like she was like, can we be friends? Like, I don't know if I can be friends with you. Like she was, she was wondering like, it's never safe for us. Even in the evening, can we be alone? Like, can I even be alone with this person? Like basically like she, she was confused almost i want to touch you but that just hurts yes yes exactly i have that line here too yes um hella relatable if you catch feelings yeah then goodbye goodbye <laughs> cut it off cut it off girlfriend cut it off mm-hmm. all right Over is it my you. turn yes okay the uh so i've got one more song on the list that i really love and oh, that yeah. is me and mr jones yeah me and mr jones so good <laughs> Also, just the way it starts with what kind of fuckery is this? She was going to call the song fuckery. She was going to yeah. call the song fuckery. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes. Like She just went in. She was literally like, what is this? Like, what kind of fuckery is this? Yeah. What is yeah. this mess that I've got myself in? <laughs> and then as I'm going through my research, I realized the song is about Nos. Like the what? The rapper Nos. <laughs> and like I was what? like, what? Yeah. Like his name is Nasir Jones. Nasir Jones. Mr. Jones. It's such like a fuck you breakup song. 
Yeah. Kind of. But they they weren't even really together, were they? It was kind of like an infatuation. Yes. But I think they were like, I think they hooked up. Maybe, yeah. What Probably kind of fuckery is once. this? Yeah. She was kind of singing like, oh my God, like I really like this person. What kind of fuckery is this? And I Literally. like this guy. Yeah, yeah. Literally. And like Nas is like one of the biggest rappers of all time. Yeah. Huge name in the, in the music business. So like, even when she was kind of like, I don't want to deal with like the life that you lead. Yeah. She says, you ain't worth the guest list, the plus one yes. of all them girls you kiss. Like, she's yeah. like, no, like I'm over it. Like, I don't mm. fucking need you, Nas. Like, mm-hmm. F off. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how I said I censored myself, even though I've said fuck like 20 times. <laughs> You're like, what kind of fuckery is this? Like, F you, Nas. <laughs> F you, Nas. How dare you? Yeah. And she says, too, she was like, nowadays, you don't mean dick to me. Like, she's kind of moved on. Yeah. It's kind of like the opposite of the Blake Fielder civil situation mm-hmm. where she's so stuck. Yeah. But she does say like, she, it's, it's still very relatable because she was like, I still wonder about the things that you do. So even, even though she probably wants to hate his guts and like yeah. never think about him again, like she probably, he probably crossed her mind once or twice. Yeah. I think again, with Amy's confidence, it was kind of like, you're not, you ain't worth the guestless plus one of all them girls you kissed. I think she was feeling a little bit threatened by his fame. For sure. And she felt like, you know, she wasn't able to like match up to all those girls that he was going to be meeting due to his fame. Um, but then, you know, that's kind of like, it resonated with 16 year old me with being like, Oh, as a guy likes me, I don't know if I'm that. I don't good. know if I'm pretty enough. I don't know if I'm, pretty I don't know if I'm enough. smart enough. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll let everybody, you know, be the judge of that. My guess with my, you are pretty on. enough. And smitty enough. <laughs> smart. I said you were smitty enough. Smitty enough. <laughs> the Kahlua has done its job. Oh my God. I'm already like slurring my words. I'm like, uh, this long slaps, this long slaps, you know, you know how it is. You know how it is. We're making yeah. these more often. These are great. That's that's all that I have in terms of songs I love. Did you have any more you want to talk about? Yeah. He Can Only Hold Her. Oh, interesting. This yeah. was more of a neutral for me. Was it a neutral for you? It was. But tell yeah. me why you love it. Um, yeah. I think that um, one thing that really stood out to me where she goes, the lights are on, but no one's home. She's so vacant. Her soul is taken. Um, and it's like, you know, she's trying to move on, but she's just so empty inside. Mm-hmm. And I think speaking to my situation about when I was dating in high school and this guy had left me for somebody else, you know, of course, the song was like, he can only hold her for so long. And I'm yeah. like, hey, he's going to come back to me. And, you know, you have this like slight bit of hope thinking, you know, you're trying to be confident in yourself. You're trying to think she won't love him like I will. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know why I was thinking of that as 16. Like, whatever, girl. Move hey, on with it happens. your life. <laughs> no, but it happens. It happens. Yeah. But they're I, still valid feelings. Yeah. And I mean, this was this was before we had Tinder or mm-hmm. all these other things where you could easily access meet, and meet new people, right? And so this song, I guess, really spoke to me because it's like I had this like undying love. And I was thinking he can only hold her for so long, but you know, obviously that relationship lasted longer and I was kind of forgotten about. Um, but yeah, and that she, can be really hard. That yeah. can be really heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. And she even sings, you know, what's inside her never dies. And I was like, yeah, what's inside her never dies. Da, da, yeah. Da, da. So good. <laughs> so good. Da, 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 da. That part's really catchy. Yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah. 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 <laughs> For me, it kind of just like fell under the umbrella of this record just hitting way too hard. Mm-hmm. And some mm-hmm. songs I think hit hard a little bit more. Yeah. I like this one. It's just not one that I'm going to maybe listen to all the time. Maybe because it's too real. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. If I had to describe this album in one word, it would just be darkness. Back to black. Yeah. Back to black. Okay, fair. We've talked a lot about the songs we love off of Back to Black. What about some of the songs you don't love? Um, Addicted. Same. 
it's don't, a funny I don't song. love addicted. Yeah. It's funny, but like, okay, you, you go first. You tell me why you don't like it. Yeah, I said it's funny because it's like a song about her roommate's boyfriend stealing her weed. But it's like after going through the seven stages of grief with the rest of this album. You're like, it doesn't fit, right? It just doesn't fit. I'm, it felt the exact same way. This should have been a single. Apparently, so apparently this song wasn't even included on the US version. Oh. Like it's not, it, it's on um, Apple Music, it's on Spotify and stuff. But if you actually have the vinyl like I do, it's not on there. It's, it's, it's on the UK version. It's not on the US or the Canada version, I guess. Oh, something about those birds. So that's what I mean. It's, it's just kind of like it, I listen to it and I'm like, but why? But why? Like th- this album yeah. was so powerful and so mm-hmm. heartbreaking and everything on its own. And then all of a sudden at the end, it's like, and we're going to talk about how I don't want to give my roommate's boyfriend weed. And I'm just kind of like, well, Amy, <laughs> we can do better than that. Yeah. There are bigger fish to fry here. Yeah. Then, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I also feel like it's like a little bit earlier because in her life, like I was like kind of, you know, watching the documentary and like learning about her. But she, you know, got introduced to weed. She loved weed, apparently. And I feel like this was like earlier on in her life before all that dark stuff happened with like Blake and whatever but this is like yeah. the funny Amy like oh haha like stop stealing my weed bloke or yeah, whatever bloke. they say in Britain this is Close. so shameful yeah, I have enough. British friends That's... they're gonna like give me a hard time after this <laughs> like we don't talk like that I won't give you a hard time fair bloke is a very common British term is it or is it Aussie because then I'm just gonna get shit from everybody no, bloke is British I think it's British. I mean, they might say it uh, in Australia too, but I maybe. think it's mostly British. Old chap. Yeah. Old sport. Old sport. Gatsby. Gatsby. <laughs> full circle. We're going full circle. Full circle. Yes. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. For me, like, I just, I always skipped it. Like, yeah. I just don't, I, I think like I go through it and I listen to like, you know, I'm no good and back to black and just friends and wake up alone. And I'm just like, oh, like I'm hurting and I'm sad and I'm heartbroken and all of this. Mm-hmm. And it gets too addicted and I'm like, can't relate. Bye. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Because the rest of this album, I think you can find maybe not all of the songs, but you can find aspects to relate Mm -hmm. to. This one for me, I'm just kind of like, nope, not a problem I've ever had to encounter. And it's so explicitly about her not wanting someone to steal her weed. Yeah. (laughs) Where I'm like, I don't get anything else from this song. Mm -hmm. Skip. Farah, at this point, we have reached a critical point in the Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music podcast where we need to offer up our final thoughts on the album and decide on a rating. So... What are your final thoughts on Back to Black by Amy Winehouse? And what would you rate it out of five black Russians? You know what? What? I'm like, maybe it's the black Russians. I don't know. But I, I kind of want to rate it a five. That's <laughs> fine. You I, can rate it a five. Yeah, I know. Like, we didn't really talk about Someone Holy War and stuff like that. But we did talk about some of the songs that slap, some of them that didn't. And um, <laughs> there's two. There's two types of songs. Songs that slap and songs yeah, that don't. Yeah. But even the songs that didn't slap, like she is just so talented and the songs still sound amazing and the amount of effort it takes to you know mix all of that with a live band and all that I just I have such an appreciation for it I have such an appreciation for live music in general absolutely um but just how original this album was the title of it kind of ties together the theme of it being you know sad depressing darkness back to black breakups um toxic relationships it just slapped the whole thing slapped <laughs> it did i i am in agreement with you I, I don't think i appreciated this album as a 12 year old so yeah. much as i do as a 26 year old right now oh my gosh yeah it grows with you it totally grows with you yeah. and i think i saw in listening to it this time i saw more of amy the tragedy and yes. less of amy the caricature yes and a lot of 
you know, me growing up, I, I focused on the caricature of Amy. And I don't think that that was really fair to her because I, mm-hmm. I, I focused on the parts of her that were a little bit more broken. And, yeah. um, and listening to it this time around and really appreciating what she gave to us I was like this was album was a gift and like having gone through a breakup I'm like man I get it like I totally get it the way that she writes songs the way that she sings the the way that she scats and does everything it's so unparalleled it's a true modern jazz album I have to give it a five it's the best breakup album so so good it's the best like close second for me is gonna be 21 Adele close second. oh my god but back (laughs) to black might take the cake because it's so raw. It is Not raw. Not that 21 isn't. I love you, Adele. But like, well, man, there's something about Back to Black. Maybe we'll touch on Adele next time. But yeah, what kind maybe. of fuckery is this? Like, Amy just <laughs> slapped it down. Yeah, she went <laughs> off. She went off. She went off. And I got a lot of respect for her for it. And I'm really sad that I don't get to see what she's going to yeah. put out next. But Same. I am grateful for the songs that she has given us, the albums that she has given us. Yes. And um, I hope she is at peace wherever she is. Yeah, me too. Me too.